0: Of course, it's another busy day of football news. We get Nathan Carter, the transfer running back from UConn, is going to be at Michigan State next year. The Spartans see a 2023 D commit and then, oh my goodness, segments two and three, Greg Campy, the head coach of Oakland University men's basketball, joins the show to talk about this Wednesday's matchup between the Spartans and the Golden Grizzlies. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, thank you so much for joining us here today on Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white every single day. We're going to do a little bit of football talk, a lot of of basketball talk in segments two and three. But before going any further, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to episode 1001 of Locked on Spartans here. If you miss old co-host Will Hunter, hey, he joined us for episode 1,000 if you did not listen to that episode yesterday. So give that one a listen after you're done listening to me. And eventually, hey, Coach Greg Campy of Oakland University Talk on this episode. Uh, We got a lot of news to catch up on. A lot of this happened over the weekend. We recorded with Will on Saturday. And, of course, as luck would have it, a ton happened after that. And we'll start with the good news here. And the good news is that, well, actually, let's start the good news With some bad news, Um, Michigan State did not get four-star running back Kedrick Riscano out of Texas. He picked Ole Miss over the Spartans, but here's where the good news starts. Michigan State got themselves a pretty, pretty good consolation prize uh, for not getting Riscano. They got Nathan Carter out of UConn, a rising junior out of UConn, so we will have eligibility after this year. This won't be a one-and-done situation like what Jarek Brassard just did with Michigan State. And a little bit about Nathan Carter, if you don't know him by now. Uh, he was a lead running back for the Huskies, who, I, hey, you know what? Usually UConn's a punchline in college football, but not this year. Heck, they went to a bowl game, so how bad can they really be? Uh, but yes, Nathan Carter was the lead running back for UConn for the first four games, then unfortunately got hurt in that fourth game, actually against Michigan, that shut down the rest of his season. So... This five foot nine, two hundred pound power running back in those four games, or we'll call it three and a half games, got hurt in that fourth game. Rushed for four hundred and five yards, six point two yards per carry. And then this tweet from uh, Metric Scout actually shows really what kind of a powerful runner this guy is. After three weeks, he had three hundred and eighty-four yards. Two hundred and twenty-three of those yards were after contact. So yes. This Nathan Carter fella, a little hard to bring down, and we welcome that here at Michigan State. Also, in his uh, short body of work last year, he had five catches. He also had 19 catches as a freshman, though, for UConn. And 19 catches is, uh, just for comparison, same amount of catches that Jalen Berger had for Michigan State this year. So, can catch the ball out of the backfield as well, but, yeah, kind of a wrecking ball of a runner right there. So... Really quick, a look at the running back room as it stands right now. Yes, Jalen Berger, hey, still here. Uh, He's got some eligibility left. Uh, Nathan Carter, I presume, will be the number two running back to start the season. Of course, he could bounce to one, no doubt about that. Or will Eli Collins have anything to say about that? Will he come back for another year at Michigan State? Still have not heard any word from the Eli Collins camp on what he plans to do. And even behind those three guys of Berger, Carter, and Collins... Okay, Jordan Simmons, still here. Uh, Harold Joyner, still in East Lansing. Davion Prim, I, I don't know if they want to bounce him back to the secondary. Again, back to running back. Is he going to be a lawn snapper next year? I don't know. They have Davion Prim doing everything. And uh, maybe, honestly, my guess is that it's probably going to be in wait and see till uh, spring to see how everything shakes out in the running back room. So that was the good news from the weekend. Michigan State, pretty solid transfer. Um Not all great news, though. And this is an interesting situation here. And this is uh, Javon Brown, top 400 uh, recruit out of Florida, linebacker kid. You know, uh, it was going to be a a great get for Mel Tucker, just committed to Michigan State not too long ago, four-star linebacker. (laughs) We're all having a great time. Decommits from Michigan State over the weekend. And a lot of the language being thrown around is that Michigan State backed off of this kid, which I got a pretty hard time believing, to be honest. I have no doubt that all the insiders or the recruiting people are being told this, that Michigan State did back off of them. But I, I'm i a little skeptical to believe that just right at face value. Uh, for me, it's it's one of three things. It's like a you can't dump me because I broke up with you situation. Uh, Michigan State just wanted to get that language out there to not make it seem like this kid decommitted right before signing day. Okay, that's probably the most likely of them. Uh, second, maybe something is going on behind the scenes there. Now, I'm not even going to speculate because that would not be fair at all to the kid. And I have not heard anything of the sort. But yeah, I, like, and odds are that that's not the case. That's very um, uncommon for that to be the instance. Or it could be the third thing, which would be the worst of them all, is that the staff has no idea what they're doing. Uh, If they just genuinely just detach themselves from a top 400 rated recruit, and I get it, not all recruiting rankings are accurate. Maybe they don't have them as high on the board as, you know, Rivals has them, On3 has them, 24-7 has them. But at the end of the day, like, you just signed three kids that are ranked outside of the top 900. You only have 13 kids in your class. Right now, I I don't think now's the time to start getting picky about who you do and do not have in the class. It seems to me like we should be making sure that we're not sitting there on Wednesday on signing day with just a baker's dozen commits. So yeah, color me a, a little mm, reluctant to or or I am I calling them liars? Yeah, I'm calling them liars because I also don't want to believe the third thing that the staff just said. Ah. Uh, Come on, linebacker? Four-star kid? Nah, nah we'll, we'll pass on that one. Good luck, kid. And I, I heard from one person that, well, he, he took a visit to Kentucky over the weekend. Uh, the, the staff didn't like that. Like, okay, Kedrick Rieskineau visited Penn State. Michigan State was still hot on him. Samson Okolola visited Florida not too long ago. That didn't seem to be an issue in their pursuit, so I don't know. I'm I'm not calling the recruiting reporters liars. I'm just calling the message that they got from them. A little hard to believe here as we are days from signing day. But anyway, that's the Javon Brown news. Now, there could be a chance that this is aided with the Harris twins. Yes, if you remember those two young men also down in Florida, also four-star linebackers, Andrew and Michael Harris picked UCF over Michigan State not too long ago, over Maryland as well. They announced their decommitment over the weekend, too. And, look, Maryland fans were happy. Us state fans were kind of getting a little ecstatic, like, oh, hey, Harris Twins still inbounds. However, it does not look like that's going to be the case. It's not a done deal that, you know, they are going to go to Arkansas. That's right, Arkansas. Because, well, the defensive coordinator for UCF, the one that they committed to, is hitting the road and joining Arkansas' staff. So it is believed that, well, the Harris Twins, yeah they ain't, they ain't going to UCF, but they're going to stay south and follow the defensive coordinator over there. Travis Williams, if you want a name of the defensive coordinator. Um, also, two quick notes as well. Uh, Keontae Goodwin. That's right, you remember that name? Yeah, the old five-star uh, offensive tackle who brought his commitment to the very last day, picked Kentucky over Michigan State. Lasted one year at Kentucky. He is back in the transfer portal. Um, Before we all get excited, like, oh, hey, Michigan State's back in it. And they are. Look, I'm sure Michigan State is picking and prodding around. The heavy rumor right now is that he will be going to Louisville. I think there's a connection with uh, Jeff Brom, the new Louisville head coach, strength and conditioning coaches, some assistant coaches over there, for Keontae Goodwin to go back home to Louisville. Kid did grow up in Louisville before going to Indiana, so... It might be a return home sort of thing. And also, I, I'm not saying the kid's a total bust by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, heck, he still has three or four more years of college. Um, but I, I don't think his first year in Kentucky went as well as everyone hoped to. I, I think he gained a lot of weight that he lost between sophomore year and junior year of college back. Not necessarily how sure uh, of how healthy that weight was. But I, from what I've read, heard, watched... Uh, it. It did not go swimmingly in Kentucky, but hey, maybe this could be a horse that Chris Kapilovic can break here up in East Lansing. But I just would caution everyone getting their hopes up on the Keontae Goodwin saga once again. And really quick, uh, Jeremy Bernard, yes, the four star or former four star recruit, true freshman at Michigan State, scored the first touchdown of the season. He announces his commitment to Washington as retransferred. Now, a younger Matt, an immature Matt would make the joke that uh, he's going to try to get open for the first time in his career at Husky stadium, but I'm mature now I'm grown. I'm not going to say that I'm going to wish him luck. And honestly, too, like we all know what's going to happen. Like the kid's going to put up 185 yards, two touchdowns on us next year as you know, 38 year old Michael Penix is slinging the rock. So yeah, let me get that one liner off before saying what's inevitably going to happen. When he comes to East Lansing next year, should be a great time. Uh, Oh, God, anyway. And also, Michael Fletcher, he goes to Appalachian State as well. So, uh, that's two transfers moving out of Michigan State's program. Just some landing spots for them as well. So, there you have it. That that rounds up all the football talk. We're going to go full-on football signing day tomorrow. We have John Garcia of Sports Illustrated. He's a friend of the program, knows all the insides and outs of recruiting. So, That's why we're going to be talking with Greg Campy now on today's episode because on Signing Day Eve, we're going all Signing Day. No disrespect to basketball, no disrespect to a Michigan State versus Oakland matchup, but Signing Day has higher stature on our list than, well, that game. Not by much, not by much, but it it does take precedent here on this program. So, hey, let's talk to Greg Campy here in a hot segment. First... I just want to talk your ear off about LinkedIn Jobs. That's right. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and best of all, for free. Just post your job on your profile, add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that, well, yeah, you are looking to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can talk to the people that you want to and get to know them even better than any other tool lets you. Gang, it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So what are you waiting for? LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash That's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free, terms and conditions. That's right. They apply. Folks, I cannot believe we are saying this, but we are joined by head coach of Oakland University men's basketball, one of the all-time win leaders amongst active head coaches, and a scratch golfer, too. That's right. At least two of those are true statements. We are now joined by
1: Greg Campy. Coach, how on earth are you doing over there? I'm not sure any of those are true. I'll tell you that right now. (laughs) I wouldn't. I wish I was a scratch golfer. I play enough. I should be.
0: (laughs) No, I hear you. No doubt about that. And actually, a little peek behind the curtain here. You are talking to us from Boise, you just took on the Boise State Broncos tough <clears throat> loss um but before we started chatting, you were talking before recording that you liked what you saw from your team, so ahead of Wednesday night's clash between the Spartans and Golden Grizzlies, what have you liked from your team tonight well we we
1: <laughs> you know we' <we're> <laughs> excuse me, we're off to a really poor start, and we've been we've had a uh, multitude of injuries, sure, we have yet to play a game this year with um a hundred percent healthy team. And a lot of a lot of teams go through that, but ours is a little different in that um it's been Nick's Nick's, you know, um uh, Nick's and Bruce is not really you know, it's not like oh this kid's out for three weeks because of this and this kid's out for the gotcha. year. We don't we haven't had eleven guys that practice in a month. And it's—we've had four ankle sprains. We've had, you know, our best player, Jalen Moore, has got a little muscle tear in his ankle from an ankle sprain. We shut him down after the—he tried to play through it, and he couldn't play. You know, for him, nowhere near his capabilities. Um, we shut him down after Syracuse. He didn't play today. He will not play against Michigan State. Um, and he's had two great games in his career against Michigan State. So I know that hurts him really bad to not be able to play against them. But we've got our league season coming up and we've got to get ready. We played Blake Lantman today, who'd been out since Thanksgiving. Um, he practiced two times before today. You know, the first two times he's been on a basketball court since Thanksgiving. So it's not unusual that he would go one for like 14 today, which he did. You know, he's our shooter. He's our go-to guy to score. He was before he got hurt, he was probably averaging 12 a game and, you know, he's the guy we run off screens for three-point shots. and So he's a key piece to us. And it, it was good to have him back today. But, you know, like I said, he, we expected him not to shoot it very well, and he didn't. Um, we shot 18% from the three today and yeah. as a team. But I thought we played one of our, you know, Boise State's really good. They won the Mountain West last year. They're picked in the yeah. top three this year. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament. They're 10-2. and two. They're the second-best team we'll play this year. I think Michigan State's the best, <laughs> but uh, we played good. I mean, it was a, at the under three, under four timeout with, you know, in the first half, it was a one point game. We were playing good. They made two threes right before the half, went up seven. Um, and then late in the game, it got away from us, you know, and we lost by 20, but I, I was pretty pleased. I thought we made great strides for a year that's really been kind of a disaster. I feel good that, you know, it looks like we've got a chance to get it back together. Unfortunately, you know, we're going to play Michigan (laughs) State. and That's never easy.
0: No, no doubt about that. But even with all these injuries and being able to rotate as many players in as you have, who has been the hot hand lately? Who should us Michigan State fans be losing sleep over before Wednesday's game, if you had to put it on one or two players?
1: Well, Trey Townsend had thirty tonight, he had twenty nine against Syracuse. Oof. Um so he's you know, he's a he's a kid that I think's one of the top four or five players in our league. Um if if Jalen gets healthy and and uh Lampman gets back, you know, to playing the way he's capable, we've got three outstanding players. Uh and Keaton Hervey uh can also score the ball. And then that's saying all that with and we're not even mentioning Rocket Watts, and obviously mm-hmm. all the Michigan state people know who he is. It's just yep. been a real struggle for him getting going he you know he struggled today, played twenty minutes, he was two for five from the floor miss- you know he's shooting fifty percent from the free throw line he's he's just just been a struggle for him and when you go <coughs> you know last year he didn't get to play much because of injury mm-hmm. um he's on his third school. it's not unusual that it takes some time to get going and you know, we're all hoping that he's going to Michigan State and he's going to get, you know, the juice is going and he's going to, you know, play the way Rocket Watts can play. And so I'm hoping that Wednesday night he has his best game of the year. But, but Trey Townsend's really the guy that's been hot for us. And you know, he had 21 shots today, and you know, we've got to get him multiple shots.
0: No doubt, and actually that leads perfectly into the next topic I wanted to bring up, and that is none other than Rocket Watts. And yeah, just like you said, you took a lot of the words out of my mouth. Uh, He had that hip injury last year that kind of hampered what he could do. He's on his third team now. That obviously is going to take some time to get integrated in the system. But is this a game that he's actually talked about yet? Can you tell that this is a game he's excited for, or is it just too much of a a one-game-at-a-time
1: sort of business-like
0: mentality? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I have to believe that deep in his side, I mean, I don't know if you're human if you're not excited about <laughs> going back to yeah. to Michigan State after, you know, he spent two years there. He had a great year, his freshman year. It didn't go so well the second year. Mm-hmm. Um I think he's beloved by many Spartan fans. Um so I I don't think you're human if you're not excited and and ramped up for that game. I've not really uh no, I've made a couple snide remarks to him. Um <laughs> you know, as we go through, you know, just to him when, like when he makes a really good play or a really bad play, I've kind of, you know, took a little shot at, you know, you're you're playing in Breslin in a, in a week and you do that, <laughs> you know? So I, I mean, I've, I've stroked it a little bit, trying, Cause we need him. Yeah. We need him to have, for us to have any chance to win in the game. He's got to be rocket Watts. He can't be what he's been so far this year. And I believe one of these days it's just going to open up and he's going to get confidence and he's going to start playing, and we really need that from him. And this seems like it's the, oh, God, 65th year in a row that you know
0: Oakland has played Michigan State. Uh, from your point of view, why keep renewing this rivalry and, and keeping this this going as for as long as it has been going for?
1: Well, I, I think that, first of all, you know, Tom and I, are good friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have all the respect in the world for Michigan State. I think it's the premier. I think it's one of the five premier programs in the country. I think Tom's the premier coach in the country. You know, if I had to vote who's the best coach in the country, I'd go with him. Gotcha. Um, it, it means a ton for Oakland to play Michigan State because you're playing against the, you know, the blue check mark, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. the blue check mark in college basketball in the state of Michigan. And we get to play them every year. Um, it's, it's exciting for us. It puts, you know, we're in the, it for many couch fans in the state of Michigan, it's the one night a year that they see us and they talk about us. It's really good for us. I think it's good for them because, you know, even though it's a one-sided rivalry, um, you know, we give them a good game every year and and we're usually pretty good. We usually have a good net, a good RPI, that type of stuff, and that, that shows up as an a good win form when it comes tournament time. Now this year that none of that's true. You know, our net and our RPI is awful. We're two and ten or whatever we are. Um, sure. so this is the one year that those bonuses for them in beating us don't exist. And we will be right back with Greg Campy here in a hot
0: second. But first, hey, it's the holiday season. We want you to be safe out there. Keep everyone else safe. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, well, you are wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by the NHTSA. And how much Michigan State have you been able to watch this year? Obviously, you know, you've had 12 other teams you had to face, so I'm sure you're not crunching
1: film around the clock. But have you been able to watch Michigan State at all this yeah, year? Yeah, I vote I vote on the top 25 of the college, gotcha. you know, the USA college poll. So I watch everybody. Because, yeah. I, you know, I take that voting seriously, and and so I want to be able to see every team, and uh, whether we play state or not, because of my relationship with Tom and, and because they're state school, you know, I'll watch every every chance I can get to watch them. We start to deep dive into them, you know, after I hang up with you. I just got back to the hotel mm-hmm. from the game, and now we'll start to deep dive into them. We're staying here tonight. We practice tomorrow, so when we go to practice tomorrow, we got to be prepared to, you know, turn the page to Michigan State.
0: And with your guys' relationship, obviously it's no secret you guys are, you know, great friends. But how often during the season are you and Tom actually talking with one
1: another? It varies. I mean, I've talked to him three sure. times in the last week. Um, gotcha. You know, he, and he, he, we respect each other's privacy and, and that. But we're there to, when things aren't going well, we're, a text now and then or a phone call. He called me. You know the other when we lost a tough game a week or so ago he called and just asked how I was doing you know that type of stuff it's we don't really it's not like we you know call each other up and go out to dinner every other night or something like that. <laughs> right. it's, just, it's just I have the utmost respect for him as a person as a coach. I'd want my son to play for him uh as I said earlier, I think he's a tremendous coach I think michigan state is the is the blue blood of college basketball in Michigan and, and in the country. And so when when you respect what someone has done and worked so hard as he's worked in your state and you've been around him for a long time, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a good relationship. And it's one that I value and I feel lucky to have.
0: Has there ever been a season where you guys have exchanged maybe tips for the other coach, for example, and is there anything that he said that helped you throughout a season? Or do you think that you ever said something to him that changed Michigan State's trajectory of their season. Really, this is a time for you to shine no. and tell us, State fans, that hey, I'm the reason you guys made the Final Four. So if there's anything that you ever told Tom, <laughs> now, no. now's the time.
1: Now nah, shoot. No, <laughs> we talk after every every time we play. We'll talk that night or the next day, and gotcha. we share what we thought we could do again. So, like last year, when that you know when that game was over. It was a hell of a game at at Little Caesars. Yeah, sure was. You know, his first thing was, you know, you guys really shot it well. You haven't been shooting it well. We talked about how good Jamal Cain was. And then we talked about how he attacked my zone and, you know, what he did. And I told him the things that – I asked him why he did these things because he really hurt us with driving what we call alleys. And he he got uh, uh, their guards, uh, Walker and – Hogart drove the alleys mm. and they lobbed the Bingham and we couldn't guard that. And <clears throat> so it helped us in our season, uh, the knowing that this is what the way he was attacking it. And, you know, and then there's some things that, you know, we try, you know, we always talk, this is what I think Bingham did this. And, you know, we didn't guard this or we didn't think this going in. And I, I'm sure when he hangs up, he might think, Oh, geez, I need to fix that. Or he might think, now, Campy does not know what he's talking about, I'm staying with what I'm doing, but we just yeah. talk to each other, and you know after the game, So we don't do it before the game I'm you know I'm yeah. not gonna tell him that you know <laughs> we're gonna do this, and we're you know we're gonna double Joey Hauser every time he touches the ball. It sure in the case, I wouldn't say that, but after the game's over, I might say, you know, going in, we thought if we could take Hauser out of the game, you guys couldn't score you know one of one of the things that Michigan State struggled in. Last year was, uh, for example, we didn't think they could score in the half court unless they made, you know, quick threes, transition threes, transition baskets. And they, they're, so we, we took our four man and stood him at mid court so they couldn't cut the court and transition because that's what he's known for. You, You know, when Cassius was there, you, he'd get that outlet pass and he'd cut the court to the other side at full speed, pass it up and they would score. And so we put our four man because their four takes the ball out of bounds. We yeah. put our four man at half court, and I just told him this is what we did. This is how we, you know, tried to take it away. And maybe, maybe he thought, oh, that's right. So here's a counter to that. And they put that in. I don't know. I don't ask him three weeks later, did you do anything with that? <laughs> I, you know, I just we just share information that way because I think we care about each other's programs. I think he wants Oakland yeah. to win. I I want Michigan State to win. And why wouldn't we you know we've known each other for 40 years
0: well i'm happy to give you credit for any change that happened last year i don't know if tom will do it but uh, i mean if it means anything uh, a lowly podcaster <laughs> will, will give you some credit here so uh that's that's all i can offer you here um <laughs> well, I, I just I, got yeah hey there we go any any little win we can get here um there's uh just two questions that i have here and one is Maybe it's a difference. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating how big of a difference it is with philosophy here, but obviously it's no um, secret among State fans that Tom Izzo may be a little reluctant to use the transfer portal. Yes, he does have transfers on his team, but this last offseason didn't take anyone in. Whereas you were like an early adopter of using the transfer portal, uh, very active in it every single year. Is it hard to build a culture Getting transfer portal guys because that's one of the, the biggest statements every single year is like, oh, well, you you lose your culture if you have transfer guys. Is that a myth in, in your opinion, or is it actually no. hard to build a culture year in and year out?
1: No, it, it's and but it's what's becoming college basketball. I think yeah. it's becoming that we have to do it because we lose players. Sure. Okay. You know, I we've gotten in the trans I, I lost Micah Parrish off my team right. last year. If Micah was here right now, we wouldn't be two and ten. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael would be <laughs> top three player in our league. Yeah, uh, you know he. So when when you're at our level and you lose your best players, you have to replace. You can't replace those guys with high school kids. So you've mm-hmm. got to get into the portal and you've got to be active in it. If I'm at Michigan State, I don't think my culture is the portal because sure, he it, Tom. Not, Tom's very good at getting the type of kid that he loves and wants to coach. Now, where he's losing is to the NBA. I mean, he lost Max, Max Christie. How good yeah. would they be this year if Max was there? But he lost him oh. to, <laughs> right? yeah. yeah. to the NBA. So, I think <laughs> Tom is going to try. He'll figure it out on how to. He, you know, he does. He does not want a new team every year. No coach does. But in reality, <clears throat> for a mid-major and for even the lower-level big-time programs, that might be the reality. Sure. But the Blue Bloods, you know, he's he's going to need to supplement his team, not build his team in the portal. And I think, you know, one thing that I can say about Tom that most people won't say because everybody wants to pigeonhole him is that he's <laughs> adaptable. Most people wouldn't say that. Yeah. But if you truly go look at his career, the way he plays, he has non-negotiables. You're going to rebound if you're in that program, right? You're going to sprint that court if you're in that program. He has non-negotiables, but <laughs> he's also smart enough to see the way the game is going and adapt his culture around that. And he's done that. People don't want to give him credit for that because he's old school, hard nosed. You know, they want a group of people want him to be that hard nosed guys. And there's a group of people that you know. There's always not haters, but you know, (laughs) negative haters. Sure, yeah, Joe negative. (laughs) Yeah, and and you know, those people are always trying to sling arrows at coaches. But I think Tom is one of the most. Uh, adaptable coaches that's out there and that's why he's still in it that's why he's going through you know you look at yeah. Roy's gone uh you know Kay's or gone right yeah. Kay Wright's yeah. gone I mean and <laughs> they left because they don't like what the way it's going and no yeah. none of us like the way it's going none of us there's nobody out there they might say they do but in private they don't gotcha because it's not going the right way this is not what the nil is supposed to be this is not what the transfer portal is supposed to be you know this free agency and getting paid is not what college athletics is supposed to be and the group of people out there that's saying it is (laughs) you're michigan state fans because you're michigan state fans right and the coach is the the coach in the in the pros, the players are the faces of the programs, and college the coaches are the faces of the program. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be a Michigan State fan, no matter who's playing from Draymond to Max Christie to Hogarth. You're a fan of those players because they wear green and white, yep. right? No and doubt. So the that's never going to change. And you know? and this transfer portal thing and this nil thing in five years, it there will be a total reconstruction because it's not going to work. It isn't working. It's not going to work. And it's going to, the biggest area it's not going to work in is graduation. When the graduation rates come out in five years with all these transfers, the world's going to say, who what's we need to take a look at this because we're not educating these kids. They're not leaving with degrees and a guy like Tom isle is out there fighting for it. Because he knows that's true and he's got the biggest voice. So, you know, yeah. guys like me are pushing him to fight for us because Greg Campy's voice might mean something in Oakland County, but it don't mean <laughs> a whole lot in this country. Tom's voice means something everywhere. Uh your voice means a lot to me. Again, if it makes you feel
0: any better, I don't know if we can tally up another win right there. But uh yeah, for, first you're you're fixing MSU's inbounds, and now uh hey, you know, I, I think you got a good enough voice here. But uh, hey, uh coach, really cannot thank you enough for your time here. Really quick, I, one question to get us off on onto the rest of the road on good vibes. Obviously, Michigan State and Tom Izzo has the upper hand in this series, no doubt about that. Tell us something that you have the upper hand on Izzo with, though. Let's let what what does Greg Campy own? Tom Izzo at? Are we on the golf course for this answer? Is it something else? Let's 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 hear from you. Where does now, the record shift in your favor?
1: I probably play ten times more rounds of golf a summer than he does, gotcha. and I know he's I know he's jealous that he can't play, that he doesn't <laughs> play as much as I do. So that's probably the only thing in life that I would have the (laughs) upper hand, the only thing. Gotcha,
0: gotcha. Well, you also have uh, the upper hand on Locked on Spartans appearances. Uh, I have tried to get him on, no such luck, but holy smokes, you were very easy to get a hold of, and you are just the world's nicest guy because you decided to hop on this here podcast just mere hours after your game at Boise State. So, Coach, I cannot thank you enough. Best of luck to your team, not just Wednesday, but the rest of the season as well. Definitely be rooting for you guys the whole way, as, as us Spartans usually do. I feel like every Spartans is kind of a surrogate Oakland fan uh, after you guys are done playing us and
1: beating us or, or trying to beat us in overtime. Yeah, Well, I appreciate you saying that, and I hope they are. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we should cheer for the Michigan team. So, uh, yep, Most I'll of see you on Wednesday, and, and uh, yeah. maybe, we can, maybe we can play our best game of the year and have an outside chance to win.